Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going on, Bar Down Breakdown, episode 242, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. And tonight we're hanging with our friends in Flight Club, holding it down in Richmond, Virginia, fresh off a show that they played last night. Where was the show, I must ask? Oh, one of our favorites, man, uh, the Camel. Uh, Justin, have you guys played the Camel yet? No, the only times we've we've been been in Richmond, we played uh, Capital Ale House or Poor House, and uh, the other time we played was Yellow House. Oh man, Yellow House! Yeah, <laughs> we played Yellow House the day before the entire world shut down. Really? Oh, so we I were we, we, we had dude, we had just finished that set. And then we had an off day in D.C. and we were just hanging around Georgetown and we knew shit was going to happen because the restaurant we were at were like, hey, we can't see the party of eight or more. We got to split you guys up. And we're like, why? And they're like, everything's going to shut down in like two hours. Whoa. (laughs) Insider knowledge, man. Dude. So like the we had like a week long tour. We cut it short. We had to drive all the way back down after that. That is wild, man. We were in like almost a similar situation. Yeah. We were in the, uh, the studio working on our full length, and we were like about to buy a van. Like I think Harry was on the way to some lot to take a look at one, and I think we like called him. We we're like, "Hey, man! Like, 
this isn't looking good. Like we shouldn't <laughs> invest in this right now. I don't think. And uh, very glad that we didn't because I would have been brutal to be making those payments. <laughs> yeah. For like two and a half years. Yeah. Especially because we like we just had taken an entire month off work in February to record the uh, album, and like my roommate Grant, our merch guy, and like he's in a bunch of our music videos, very kindly likes to point out. He's like, "Man, if you guys would have done it the other way around, you guys could have toured, and then right when everything got shut down, you would have already been off work anyway, <laughs> and you could have gotten unemployment money for recording your album." And I'm like, "Yeah, cool, thanks, man. That feels yeah." So Oh, it's just like you people that way, I feel much better about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone, someone was like, I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they were like, yeah. Um, they were like, my aunt just started an LLC just to get a, a PPP loan, and I was like, I could have done that for the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too little, too late. Yeah. You know, I, I'd heard of other bands doing that. You know what I mean? And like using it to like just fund like you know artistic projects while they couldn't play shows and stuff like yeah. that. And, that would have been sick because we did do a lot of music mm-hmm. videos uh, since we couldn't do shows and mm-hmm. we had the album coming and uh, it was pricey. <laughs> <sighs> that's that's kind of sketchy though. I feel like you would definitely have to have all your paperwork in line in order to get that loan yeah. and not, like not having come, the government came, come after you. Like asking to be audited, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know that we watch our finances closely enough for that. No, not even. <laughs> It's like that one band, I forget which one it was, that didn't, like, pay taxes on any of their merch while they were on Warp Tour and, oh. like, got hit hard, like, audited hard and had to pay, like, thousands and thousands of dollars in back taxes. I don't know oh. who it was, but, like, literally played the whole Warp Tour and tried to sell merch, like, under the table. That is wild. It's actually really funny that you said that though, because I was I was trying to set up a Square offers like tap to pay on your phone now. You can just do phone to phone tap, and I was like, that's so convenient, so we don't have to do the reader. And uh, it was like I noticed it was like tax is turned off, and I was like, oh shit, we should probably turn that on. <laughs> but I'm gonna deal with it later. <laughs> Adult so, things, like, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to sell like a CD for five bucks and no one's ever going to know. It's like, nope, now they're going to track us, especially like when Venmo came out with like the cutoff. I think it was 750 bucks. bucks or, a month. Yeah, something like that. I was like, oh, that's that's going to make people's lives a little more complicated. Yeah. When I was young and being like, I want to be in a band. No one told me I had to deal with taxes. So <laughs> <Yeah. I> just, <laughs> I thought this was my way out of that, you know? <laughs> True that. So you had a show at the Camel. Um, who was on that one last night? Uh, I was sick. It was this band from Nashville called Mom Rock. Um, and they have this song. They just put a record called uh, Now That's What I Call Mom Rock. And it rips, man. It's really good. They're like, they're like tagline is like America's number one no frills rock band. And like they mean it. It's just like they're three piece. Incredible the amount of sound that comes out of just three of them, you know? I love that. Uh, Guitarist, singer, drummer, bassist who does the vocals as well, and they were all on it, man. It was they put a hell of a show. Yeah, it's like crazy, like massive, like wall of sound for three people, and like no tracks, no crazy, like anything. Mm-hmm. It was sick. Yeah, and then there was another artist, Marilyn, who is another Richmond artist, and she's really cool. She's like a solo artist, uh, but when she plays live, she's got this like full live band, and like 
it has this super like rock energy. Um, but like she's like a good bit younger than us. I think she's yeah. like in VCU, the the college here. Um, so it was sick, you know. Like we, we all brought our own crowds in, and I think everyone like gelled really well. Hell yeah! There's nothing better than like a tight three piece. I feel like yeah. they they can just like melt your faces. And I'm not saying that like a four or five piece doesn't work, but when you have like a three piece that's all jamming and rocking at the same like time, yeah, there's nothing better than that, man. Yeah, it's impressive. You know, yeah, there's like an extra level of like being impressed when you see how much they can do with only those three people up there. So that's. Yeah, it's even more evident when you get like a bad three piece, right? You know, like, okay, again, like you went to go to a lead, but now like your entire like rhythm section kind of fell out. Like if the bass player doesn't hold it down or if the tone doesn't work, you know? So when they find that like this is it, this is like this is the structure, this is the tone, and like this is the energy, they can bring the energy also, like it rock. Yeah. When they figure all of that out and then call themselves mom rock, you're like, they get it. Yeah. They got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got another two weeks on tour. So uh, whoever's listening, like, go go check out their uh, page. I think it's Mom Rock's official, and uh, see if they're coming to you because uh, we we endorse Mom Rock. We love them. Are they legit moms? Because I feel like that makes it even cooler. Not even in the Not slightest. Yes. <laughs> Not even in the slightest. Yeah, yeah. I, I viewed it more as rock for moms. Okay. Yeah. So Justin, like that's it. who you need to go on tour with. Then you'll just get yeah, all yeah, the like moms and dads out. Dad rock playlist, I, yeah. which would be the best. It's just like <laughs> today on Dad Rock, Mom Rock. <laughs> I think, and I think like the best part is that their album cover is legit, just like a cassette player with like a like a pair of like foam headphones. Yeah. Like straight from the nineties. Yeah, they're killer. They're really, they're really really sick. Um, I think they said that they all met in Berkeley, which like made it was very evident once we saw them play like we were watching tara their bass player she played a five string and like she, her fingers never stopped moving it was crazy man yeah was, i'm sure their parents are like we paid all this money for you to go to berkeley to just be in a band yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey man but there's, the there's a bunch cool too no there's a bunch that there's have a lot of bands made it through berkeley. berkeley yeah crazy I like how they have their, their uh, one of their promos is just like a, a league of their own, and they're all like in like the baseball jerseys, and they're all like wearing like makeup and wigs, and it's, it looks just like like a like a league of their own, like the cover. And I'm like, this is sick. Yeah, and last night they played in like these jumpsuits that look like racing like pit crew jumpsuits that had all the logos on them, like McDonald's, Sprite, Wonder Bread, stuff. But every logo <laughs> just said Mom Rock. Yeah. Just oh, like, that's sick. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, they they do have they have it all down to T. We're like very very impressed. A lot a lot to take away from that show, other than just like playing with them. Yeah, they committed to the bit. Yeah, sick. And I don't know, like the the Camel Stage. It's a kind of smaller stage in like a good sized venue, and uh, but they have like a really nice light rig. But because it's a small stage and the ceiling's like right here, like it's one of the hottest stages in Richmond. And they were, you know, uh, Tara and uh, Curtis, I believe is his name, were like running in circles around each other, doing all this crazy stuff in this jumpsuit. Like, I don't know how they weren't like on the floor, like, like convulsing. So you're saying in January it was hot? On the stage. The stage. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the stage is always just like. It just hits another level. It's crazy. Yeah. But it was very inspiring, right? Because, like, our live show, like, 
we always have this motto of like be the crowd you want to see you know we try to put as much of ourselves into like our live performance as as we can you know what i mean so like not just give them a song to listen to but give them like a show to watch as well and like i don't know they they just had that like rock like passion and uh, it was it was inspiring for us so we're all writing a lot right now and i think that it gave us a big pick-me-up to get together again today and be like all right what's next what's next what are we putting in the oven (laughs) got the inspo yeah man i love that so i guess just let's talk the richmond scene you know coming out on a sunday night with nfl playoffs and everything did the did the scene come out yeah it was it was i will say it was a hard sell that night too because not only like we jumped on a little late Obviously, like, football was going on. We also, like, had, like, a false spring here in Richmond. So, like, I think in the middle of the week this last week, it was, like... It was, like, 70. Yeah. It got over 70 degrees out of nowhere. So, it's, like, beautiful. Everyone's, like, walking their dogs and, like, hanging out outside. And, like, it kind of lasted through, like, the weekend. Saturday, I think, got to, like, 60 or something. And then come Sunday... It's like 40 degrees. It's raining. Like we, like I said, we got we jumped on the show kind of late. So I was honestly, to be completely honest, I was impressed with the amount of people that did show up yeah. because I was like, this actually might have been a harder sell than I realized. <laughs> but it was a good show. It was a good show, and I think they had fun. So I had fun. Yeah. I gotta I gotta give a quick shout out uh, to someone in our live really quick. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Monroe, the hey. and Adam Levine. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live with Monroe, but he he abandoned the East Coast to go uh, to the West Coast. So miss you, Monroe. Hope you're doing well. We all miss that man. I have no idea who he is. (laughs) I'm sure he's awesome. (laughs) He's the one that took he he took us all out to emo karaoke when we played in Richmond with the crease rule and got us all hammered. Yeah, that's like literally the song. We have this other song uh, that is uh, in the oven right now, and we're setting a tentative release date for it uh, in the pretty, pretty uh, 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 upcoming future, near future, I should say. Uh, And that it starts. The opening lyric is about a night that Monroe and I and our buddy Grant that we were talking about earlier went to karaoke, faked an Australian accent on stage. (laughs) And then these people came up to us after, and they were like, oh, my God, you guys, that was so great. Like, what are you guys doing in Virginia? And we all just, like, looked at each other, and we were like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to much better at it back then. But we kept this lie going with this group of people that we would just run into randomly. Alex came in later. He was our, like, American friend. Yeah, I was like, I was at home, and I was like – like stoned in bed and they call me and they're like hey so this is the situation basically run me down on what they just told you and they're like you have two options either come here with an australian accent or come here and be our american friend that's like the reason we're staying here i was like all right so i get to come there not do anything other than be me and watch this explode yeah that's yeah i'll be there that sounds good <laughs> it's okay i'll be there in a second <laughs> it was a great night it was a great night. So without without Monroe, we wouldn't have that song. Thank you, Monroe. <laughs> so what song did you sing karaoke? Do you remember? Oh, no. Maybe Monroe does. I remember our name was... Blimey Limey. Yeah, the Blimey Limeys. And um, I cannot for the life of me remember what we sang, though. I wonder if Grant does. Because it's funny, you know, when you think about Australian bands, mm-hmm. like 
closure in moscow or we set signals like some of those australian bands when they sing you can't tell they're australian oh, so how did you even pull that off well it was literally just in the intro like that was it it was oh, like okay. they're talking parts yeah we were like what's going on we're blimey limey we're from down under this song is called whatever and like did the song and then it maybe said thanks afterwards and that was all it took and like I kid you not, man, like it was like months. Like we went, we'd go out to other bars and then see this group of people in all of heads. It lasted a long time. And I can't remember, it might have been Monroe who ended up like accidentally breaking character or something. It was, like it was that. Monroe. Yeah. yeah. He broke character at my house with one of the people that was there. And like because we ended up becoming like genuine friends with some of these people. <laughs> they, were, they were at my house. <laughs> Monroe broke character. And she oh, was man. pissed. Oh my gosh, she was so fucking mad. It was it was hilarious. Uh, at that point, how can you be mad? I was like, know, you know, know what? You I kept know. the bit alive. I feel like I feel like in order to warm up for that, like how people like warm up for like a Boston accent, they're all like back the car and have it yard. You guys yes. are just like a dingo ate my baby, a dingo ate my baby. And you yes. just like rally that up and you just go in there and you're like, all right, we got it. Yeah, you need like you know, like when you're like uh typing something out and it shows you the fonts, like a quick brown fox jumped over the lazy log. Like it's like I need one of those <laughs> just like, for Australia. Just, <laughs> just to put you in the in the moment. Uh, Monroe says he has no idea what song it was, and he, he definitely broke the Aussie, uh, the Aussie <laughs> lingo. That's what he said. Yeah. Hey, we kept it going for long. Yeah, it was, long. Long it was time. about time. <laughs> it just so makes you wonder. your visas. Life is just a lie. Like how many people you've met out and about that are doing the same thing, and you have no idea, and you you haven't picked up on their bit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, one of the best things that we did, okay, so there was a couple years where we um, volunteered with catering on Warp Tour, and it got us, like, full access to Warp Tour, we could go around, we just promoted the band, and then, like, fed everybody, and we would get bored, you know, because our days, like, in order to make money to live, we had to just peddle CDs out to people, and we'd get bored, like, we talked to a million people a day, so we'd pick accents, and we'd go out there and be like, yeah, like, check out this band, like, we're from the UK, or something like that, and, like, we would get decent at it, so people would believe us, and the best thing to do is, when you have them, is you're like, yeah, you want to hear me do an American accent? And they're like, yeah. And you just drop the accent. You're like, hey, what's going on? I'm Charlie. And they're like, whoa! <laughs> That's good, too. Damn. The bit inside of a bit. bit exactly. Yeah, so I, I recommend anyone try that. If you're ever traveling or you just meet a stranger and want to have a little bit of fun, pick your best favorite accent and then surprise them with a, your real voice later <laughs> as an accent. So... I, I got to ask about your run on Warp Tour, even though you were doing the catering and volunteering, I still would imagine there's a million and one stories that came from that. So first off, how did you get that opportunity? And then, you know, in the past, when bands follow the tour, if like a band gets sick or whatever, there's usually that one chance where you get to like play either one of the smaller stages or something like that. Did I guess fill us in on everything. Yeah. So I'll take the, uh, like how we ended up getting it. Um, I had some friends, they were in a band called 3 PM at the time. And then I think, uh, some of them went on to do a band called Skyward Story. And I, now, unfortunately, I don't think they're doing music anymore, but they had this manager who 
was able to get the in. He met someone. They got them the offer, but they were just a three-piece, and they wanted someone else to come along and help them, and I was lucky enough to get the call. Um, so I went out with them one year. I made my own friends within catering and on the tour and stuff, and then I brought uh, Sam, our guitar player, out with me the next year, and we did about like half the tour or something like that. And then we decided to do the third year full band, um, but we we brought on a whole crew. So it was like the the four members of Flight Club, and then we brought on four additional people, and we toured in a fifteen passenger green van, and it was like legs over bodies like we were cramped in there it was it was nuts but it was a crazy opportunity man i would definitely do it again yeah it was by far like just the amount of people we brought like we were a, i would say at least like our group alone made up like a third of like the catering crew yeah. like in terms of like, the boring <laughs> catering crew not like the volunteer like kids that come in every day to do like the serving aspect of it like we had like a decent chunk of like the crew for catering and we were doing all different jobs from like Sam had like the breakfast shift. Mm -hmm. A few of us had like yeah, the man. middle of the day stuff. A few of us were strictly like on breakdown duty for it and mm -hmm. set up and stuff. So like we had, we literally like had our own individual little lives. <laughs> for, like, yeah. For, like, you had your own catering company. Months. Yeah, I know, right? We should have just been like, all right, we, we learned the ropes. Like, we'll start our own little school. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good opportunity man we met a lot of people um like it's just fun like going out and, and engaging with strangers all day and like especially people they're there to like for music and they're there to like hopefully meet musicians and we'd be there like yeah like you know we're not the story so far but um we are a band so check us out you know and yeah, i don't know it was a good it was a really good time man and did you get one of those call-ups did you get to play any oh. of the dates yeah, so, yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So, um, we, we for our <laughs> well, okay. So they, they, the, the deal was you help out with catering, you get access to tour and then like your, uh, yeah. Like if something happens or like your hometown date, they'll try to like shuffle you in. Right. And because Alex and I are from Maryland, the band's based in Virginia, we always did the Virginia beach date, you know? So, um, we, we were lucky enough to play the Virginia beach date the years that we volunteered, um, we like set up some acoustic things with some tents cause we were just like smart and got to get to meet people. And we're like, Hey, like, you know, we'll put you, bring people to your tent. Like you let us like play every once in a while. And, um, what the last year that we did it, we were at the Maryland date. We were friends with the, with the stage and they were like, yeah, if someone like bails or if we just have time, we're happy to throw you a set. We'll, we'll write you in. Just get it like approved first. So we went and, I, and we talked to someone in production. They brought Kevin in. I got to sit down with their Kevin and they uh, they were like, yeah, like if you guys are doing your duties and if the stage manager's cool with it, no big deal. Uh, it was a crazy day. Our, our drummer went missing. We couldn't find him. It, we got to the point where we were getting on stage and Sam, our guitar player, was like, I'm just going to play drums. Charlie, like, it's all on you, man. <laughs> and, like, I was super sick. Like, I had no voice. So I was like, I don't know how I'm even going to sing this. And Tony showed up like the last, very last second before we were supposed to go on. And we were like, we'll deal with this later. <laughs> and got on stage. It was like one of those like Avengers assembling type moments too. Yeah. Cause like we ended up, we had to get our gear there so fast because it was decided last minute that the person who ended up helping us was one of our friends that we had made the dude to drive water around yeah. in the cart. This guy Brock. 
and he took all the water off his cart to load our gear onto it and jet <laughs> us over to the stage. And on the way over there, we had talked to uh, Watsky, <laughs> a rapper, at one point throughout the tour about this bit that we used to do where we play like a Rage Against the Machine riff and have mm-hmm. people freestyle over it. And he was like, I would love to do that. <laughs> and we were driving past him just sitting on a bench on his phone. He's like meditating and or we're, something. And yeah. we were just like, Watsky! <laughs> This stage, we're going. He was like, "See you there." Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it was like, him walking up, and we're like, "All right, we're doing the thing." Yeah. <laughs> like we just start playing. Watson comes out freestyles. Yeah. So it was just like one of these. Like every event was so chaotically unfolding that, like, by the time we got up there, we we're like, "Okay, I didn't even think it would get this far. What are we playing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> And so we played the set. Um, it worked out. I think playing Mad uh, did us uh, a favor. You know what I mean? And we were very tight. And then we get off. We break down. We like take photos with some people. And then we get called to catering and uh, got immediately reprimanded for going <laughs> above like our like, contact <laughs> and going directly to production. And they took away our laminates for like a week. <laughs> and like we had to go back to like wearing these like bracelets. <laughs> Yeah, but it was worth it. I would do it again. It was worth it. I would have done it for the same result. Yeah. Yeah, and what funny. date was that? Do you remember uh, what city it, that was in? Yeah, it was, it was... Uh, Maryland. So uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion. Okay. Nice. And what yeah. year was that one? Okay. That was 2017. I think 2017. Yeah. So second to the last one? I think 2019. Was maybe the last okay. one, right? Because I think I think we played Virginia Beach one more time. I think 2018 was our last one. Yeah, I think 19 was when it started to do the weekend stuff, right? Yeah, just like, yeah, they did like the three, the three or four. Yeah, yeah that that was we did it like the last one before that, like the last full U.S. run. <laughs> we we played in Virginia Beach for that one. Mm-hmm. Sick. That's Dude, awesome. it's, it's a dream, man. You know, it's like growing up and going to Warp Tour. You know, and to see how it all works, I mean, it really is like a punk rock summer camp. And it's just like you make so many fun connections and friends and like you hang out with people and you're all like sweating together and, and like grueling together and then being like, all right, we'll see you in the next city. You know, <laughs> like don't crash. <laughs> you know? Now, uh, me and Loden from Rarity talked a ton about Warp Tour and it was one of those things that like we had some common ground before that and we were in like a discord group with a bunch of people talking and then as soon as we started talking about Warp Tour everyone else just kind of started listening because we were just like just like railing through like stories and yeah. stuff just like back and forth and just all these things that like only kind of make sense to like in little pockets yeah. like to people that have been in it and so it's just, it's yeah one of those crazy just like weird experiences that feels like a different dimension almost when you look back at it yeah well it's crazy too because like you have this whole generation of like you know gen z who either were old enough to go to the last two years of warp tour or never went to a warp tour and like you see it like on tiktok and stuff they're like what was warp tour like or like what was this like or what was that like and you're just like Dude, we were just shotgunning monster energy drinks. It was like 105 <laughs> degrees outside, and we ate nothing but $15 chicken tenders, dude. Yeah. It was wild. I never even <laughs> ate at Warp Tour. Never even <laughs> ate a single ounce of food at any of the Warp Tours that dude, I went to. I don't know how you didn't die of a heat stroke, man. Oh, One year awesome. I ended up in the ambulance. That happened. No uh, way. What's that story? Dude, I, I just like, 
I have bad asthma, and it, this makes me sound so lame, but this is <laughs> this is when Warp Tour on Long Island was still on Randall's Island, okay. which is like legit, uh, just a island that's a wide open field, but in the middle of the summer, it becomes a dust bowl. Like it literally like dust storms and like with the moshing and everything, it you can't see 50 yards ahead of you because it's just so dusty. Like you literally walk out of there and you have like maybe a quarter of an inch of just dirt caked onto you. So like after being there all day and like in the pit and like you name it, my my lungs just like gave out. Like I just could not breathe <laughs> and yeah. I was walking back to my car and the ambulance was right there. And I was like, I'm really scared that like, if I try to drive home, I might pass out or like just lose my ability to breathe. So got a nice little breathing treatment in the ambulance and was able to rally home. Were you like blowing like, like oh, for, for like days? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Randall's Island was oh, yeah. not safe. It really wasn't. No, I'm honestly surprised. Like they they kept it going for as long as they did. Honestly, yeah. There's like a few days like that, like across the summer, mm-hmm. and every day you're just like spitting because you have so much like congestion, and it's just like black, and you're like, yes, yeah, feels terrible. Yeah, <laughs> this looks horrifying. <laughs> Is this so funny? I went to my first. And then we're like, we were too young, fifteen, and my mom had no idea where I was going. Like yeah. I literally just hopped on a train, and then took a bus to the first warp tour I went to, and she had no, like, no clue. That is sick. Yeah, that's a good story. <laughs> that's cool. Well, let's see. We were too young to know what a neti pot was, just to like fucking just go <laughs> like this and just blow all the dirt out. <laughs> they should have had a booth, you know, like five bucks. So I'll go and get a neti pot, you know what I mean? They would have been Made rich. Yeah. <laughs> they would have just shared like five neti pots around like six hundred people. Yeah, that's where COVID originated. Actually, was warp tour. Warp tour neti pot. Yeah. The the years that you guys were on it, did the partying kind of wind down a little bit? Because I know for a while it got a little bit out of hand, and I know Kevin would purposely pick the bands that like were the most hammered to play the first set the next day. Like that that was kind of his thing. Yeah. So was it kind of? getting a little more mellow the the years that you played or was it still just a crazy I mean, rager i can't really I, the, the first year i did it i was 20 um so i couldn't really drink and uh i think that was actually part of my contract with the band that i was out with they were like you're not going to get us in trouble for drinking underage so i was like all right uh <laughs> but but so i don't know i guess it's hard because like i, I wasn't going to the the parties like previously so i don't know how i how crazy they were getting i definitely think some of them were a little bit more like mild than others you know and some of them were pretty rowdy and people were out late CeeLo is a big thing on warp tour so like everywhere you win people are just like rolling dice for money which is a, a, a very fun activity um but that was definitely a thing is like if you made an ass of yourself the night before or if you caused any drama and like you were wasted like they would put you on a, a smaller stage and they would like put you out there first thing so that you just had to deal with the hangover and the heat like immediately Ooh. and i thought that that was a fair way to yeah, do it but yeah i don't feel like there was ever there were definitely like yeah some back and forth like some days people just be like nah it's like 10 30 p.m and i'm out I'm yeah done with it. And then other days 
the like barbecues and stuff would keep going. I saw yeah. like Franz walk up to one of them with a snake, <laughs> like around him once. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> one thing that was really cool is like it, it kind of um, there are like circles that form, like it, like any kind of like summer camp. So like I remember even like when there were like the barbecues and stuff, like obviously certain other bands would have like their own thing going on and they would just like keep it closed off to their friends. Um, I remember uh, we mentioned Watsky earlier. He hosted um, like a Game of Thrones watch party every week when they would air the new episode. And it was like, yeah, we don't really like, we're not into like the whole party thing. So like anyone who wants to just come and hang out and watch Game of Thrones, like come hang out. And so it was really cool. Everyone that like, kind of had their place there. Jeez, man that that's that's something you know unfortunately younger bands will never get to experience like i unless warp tour comes back again i don't think there's going to be anything to that magnitude yeah yeah i think if it does i don't know if it'll ever be the same yeah as it was then too but who knows yeah the camaraderie is definitely like something crazy like that's probably what kept it going for so long yeah i'm sure they got to the point where he was like uncertain uncertain if you wanted to keep things going probably long before they actually canceled it because it was like there really is nothing else like that you know and like mm-hmm. things have been popping up that are reminiscent of it you know you got like sad summer fest and stuff like that but um that's not even close to the extent though that warp tour like at its glory was going through like they were yeah. going to 40 bands 40 50 bands yeah and just the cities that they hit man like tours don't even hit those cities yeah, yeah, just every day, just at a new spot every single day, with like mm-hmm. so few off days in between. It was wild. Yeah, R.I.P. Warp Tour. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> we will remember the well. <laughs> no, but I I do definitely want to talk some flight club and hockey. But before we do that, I do want to let everyone know about our sponsor, DraftKings. So, looking for a super offering for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. So I know you want to bet if Taylor Swift is going to make it from Japan to Las Vegas in time. Perfect wager to put down on uh, DraftKings. Could so you parlay that? I'm sure you can parlay that. Um, <laughs> you can parlay anything. So. That's a great, great bet to make. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See DraftKings.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. So let's let's dive into some Flight Club. I know that you mentioned you got some new tunes in the works, but I do want to kind of go back to the beginning, a little origination. So how did uh, Flight Club come to be? 
You know, ironically enough, uh, with neither of us in it, uh, <laughs> uh, Sam, uh, he he was like the original like founding member. I think he wrote all the tunes. He, I'm pretty sure he um, told Tony, our original drummer, that he should learn drums. And then I think he got like a drum set that year for Christmas or something like that. And he kind of just like thrusts that role onto him. Um, and then them and our friend Steven, uh, they started what the origination of Flight Club was. Uh, I came to meet Sam. We both went to the same school. We both went to BCU, and I met him through like a Facebook group. Uh, long story short, met him at a show that they played, like a house show. And he was like, "Yeah, man, we might need a, another guitar player." And I ended up just started playing shows with them. Um, Steven graduated. He didn't want to stay uh, doing the band. He got busy with life stuff, so. We recruited Alex. He's my cousin, so I've known him for way too long, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we were talking about War Tour. It's actually where we met Harry, who is our drummer now. I point behind me because they, uh, his room is right on the other side of this door. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and so, you know, we've gone through a couple iterations. I mean, we're honestly, we're coming up on our 10-year. I think the, the first Flight Club EP that Sam and, and the, the founding members recorded right before I joined, um, I was with them when they released it uh, back in 2015. So we're about to be nine years old, I think, which is like uh, makes my stomach drop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but it's been it's been a good journey, man. It's been fun. I mean, you've heard get to hear the Warped Tour aspect of it. We've done a couple of our own tours, but I think we've um, gone through a couple different sound changes and are really kind of dawning on what this iteration, like us as a four piece, looks like. Okay. So you mentioned VCU. Were, mm -hmm. were you there when they, like, did they win the championship or they were in the final four? Like, they went really far. One of the yeah, they, they went really far. I don't know. I don't think they won it. I don't think they won. I think they've gotten to, like, the final four, maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember it was like, there was like a photo of like Leonardo DiCaprio or someone with like a VCU basketball hat on. And I was like, all right. right school. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what the, the shame is, man, I live right behind the Siegel Center where they hold the games, and it, uh, you can get, like, student discount tickets or something like that, and I still to this day have never been to a game. <laughs> Pretty sure Leo like was that. just was prospecting a new girlfriend or something. What was that? Pretty sure Leo was just prospecting oh, a new yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, his girlfriend was, what, what's his cutoff? Is it 25 or 28? Yeah. I think it's 20, 25 or 26. Yeah, it was like, all right, all right. What else is out there? There's some fucking bands on Warped Tour that are too old for Leo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually familiar with VCU just because I was kind of a Hofstra basketball fan growing oh, okay. up. And they were still, like, in the Colonial, the CAA at the time. But VCU's moved on from there. They're doing bigger and better things at this point. Mm. Amen. So, um, you mentioned kind of the the sound that you're kind of morphing Flight Club into with uh, these new singles that you have. Um, what was kind of the inspiration as you went in and recorded these? Any influences that you took and kind of wanted to mold into your own sound? Yeah, yeah, you uh, yeah. I mean, we have a ton. That's honestly been one of our hardest things. Is that we all like such different things and like we all have the overlap of like liking those same things but i think this big shift was about differentiating between what we like to listen to versus what we like to sound like what we want to play 
we had a habit of like kind of modeling a lot after like different bands that had different styles. And then when it came to play it live, we would still play it the way that feels natural. And so I think we've, with this like next step, we took a weekend and all went to a cabin up in the mountains and just like kind of reset everything and just like, just us like sat down like in this place that was unfamiliar to everyone, no no habits, no tendencies, no anything, and just like wrote what we felt like we should write. And it kind of just felt a lot more natural and it came out of a really cool sound. Like you can hear like the influences of what we've been listening to recently. Like we brought up a ton. uh, If you've listened to that new Citizen record that came out recently, Mm -hmm. like we've been like kind of hammering on that sound a lot just because I feel like they've taken such a cool progression. Mm -hmm over the past few years out of like any band that's kind of been in a bunch of different vibes. Uh, I've been on like a massive strokes kick and I really like the way that their stuff layers. It's not necessarily about one part over the other. Like they compose just full songs. And so we're kind of trying to balance a lot of like different genres, but not necessarily take tones or anything away from them more. So just like figure out what makes them so appealing to us and how we can do that for ourselves. So a lot of a lot of big, big rock bands, like bands that like can just provide an emotion and a feeling over you at once, just like by playing with energy and like just a ton of feeling behind it. Not a lot of like scientific crafting and stuff, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was very well said. Now, as I was doing a deep dive into, you know, your, your songs that are up on Spotify, the band that came to mind is maybe not necessarily like a household name, but also a band that's really hard to like pigeonhole in a certain genre, which is this band as tall as lions, which is like my long Island band. Like that's the band that I grew up going to shows and everything. And it was the same thing. Like, they could play with pop punk bands. They could play with indie bands. And like, as I was listening to you guys, I was like, they remind me of As Tall's Lines. Like, not vocally, but like instrumentally, where you guys can play with basically anyone. Like, you could even probably get on a hardcore show, and it would still kind of make sense. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We do kind of like joke about that often too. Where like we could play a pop show one day, and then go play a warehouse hardcore show the next day, and probably like not play any of the same songs but they're all still our songs <laughs> yeah like the fear too like it's, it's what we wanted with uh until the sun drowns are full length like we wanted to span genres but have this cohesiveness to it and you know some of it might have been a little ambitious but i don't know i mean like we have songs like high roller which is like a kind of like arctic monkeys influence like bass and drum like kind of groove that builds up into this kind of like dancey song and then you have songs like two tongues or i've been kicked out of better homes in this that are very like rock forward and very guitar centric and you know and then a bunch of songs that are like scattered in between um like our top one on spotify right now patterns kind of falls more into that kind of like indie alt rock realm and that's really what, we're, what we want to be able to do. We're a huge fan. I mean, we talked about Whoop Tour, obviously, but like just the festivals and the idea that you can go to a festival and see so many cool acts together. And we that's like where we want to be, I think, you know, like if, if we could just like keep growing and keep growing and just be this like festival name. Like, yeah, I don't know. And so I think writing that record, touching on all those vibes and like learning how we 
like melt together. I think by the end of that writing process, we really found something within ourselves mm-hmm. as writers. And these next two songs that we're gearing up to release, I think it's it's going to shine on that. You know. Now speaking of, I guess singles, um, you got one dropping fairly soon. So now is a perfect time to to plug away. Do we have, you know, the art? you know, single artwork, the title name, like, do we got all that stuff worked out yet? Yeah. So we'll, we have, we'll keep some surprises coming, but, uh, I can tell you the song is going to be called, uh, call it whatever you like. Uh, so you guys can call it whatever you like, (laughs) (laughs) but it's going to come out on February 12th. Uh, it's two Mondays from now. Um, and we have a, in true Flight Club fashion, we have a very goofy and fun music video to ship it off with. Um, and it, yeah, I'm very excited. It's it's uh, anthematic. It's a rocker. It's got a mean guitar solo. Um, I'm very I'm very stoked on my vocal performance on it. If I can pat myself on the back, so <laughs> it's a pretty crazy one. Yeah, we liked it. we. All right, it's a fun one to play, and we get excited about it. So we like show up to practice, and just like as one that we've been playing a lot, we're like, all right, you guys want to just like warm up with that one? And Charlie's like, uh, hell no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will not be doing that. Yeah, it's definitely a like warm up into the set, but also not too late into the set kind of song because I need like some like power behind it. You know? So, so how goofy is this music video going to get? Because you guys have done cowboy like a western you guys have done a roller disco so like i can only imagine like what what is going to come out of you know this music video we'll have to see (laughs) 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 without giving away too much it is um it is it's we're bringing back our boy grant you know of course he is the star of the show uh, so it's Grant and this, you know, we don't write a lot of like love songs or like love lost songs or anything like that. But this video is um, about a love triangle uh, between Grant and um, you, uh, there's a twist in there, you know, if um, for like some foreshadowing, if, if, if you were like me and watched SpongeBob as a kid, there's an episode called Bubble Buddy and he's got this. <laughs> Uh, bubble imaginary friend that he takes everywhere. So there's a little bit of that sprinkled in. Okay. <laughs> of course, you know every pop culture reference ever, Justin. Dude, the, when when the guy when the guy he was like he like touched somebody and his hand was all dirty and then he like shook Bubble Boy's hand and it came back and it was completely clean and he was so pissed about it. Dude, yeah. that episode's great. It is a good one, man. <laughs> There's classic man. I feel like they really left their mark on like our generation and our culture and like that style of humor. And I think this this video will be a testament to that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's not lasted so long that there's very rarely a situation in life that mm-hmm. you can't just be like, oh yeah, it's like that's much what I was saying. That's my Bible, the book of Bob. <laughs> well, I, I I forgot what we were talking about, but uh we, we were talking about something the other day in um my partner Cassie, she goes, Oh yeah, she uh she got like plastic surgery, she looks like handsome squidward now, and I go, Yep, I totally understand what you're going for. Yeah, Cheekbones, and handsome Squidward. Yeah. <laughs> I think I missed out on the SpongeBob window. I might be slightly too old. Like I maybe watched an episode or two and 
I, I know like the, the humor is definitely kind of targeted towards maybe some adults to appreciate as well. But, uh, I did, I did not get the, the bubble boy reference, but I'm still oh. super excited for this, uh, music video, you know, music videos kind of uh, at, at times feel like an outdated trend, right? Like it, it just, there's not really like a platform that you're showing it on other than like YouTube, but like, there's not music television or anything like that right. anymore. Yeah. However, you know, when a band has a good music video and you could take some clips of that and put it on like TikTok or whatever, it's, it's killer. Yeah, man. I, I think that like, there's so much, um, we like that as like a medium, I think. Like, I think our, our drummer, Harry, like if, if he wasn't in the band, like he would be directing music videos, I think, or like just some kind of like film. Like it's, it's such a fun format to like use like this base of like, okay, this is the, the song, but you can take it in a lot of different directions. Like how creative can we get with this? And I don't know. We've, we've just fallen in love with it as like an art form, you know what I mean? To like express ourselves. So it is, it is tough. Cause like back in the day, I think they even like Vimeo was doing a thing for, or not Vimeo, what was it? Vivo uh, on YouTube, yeah. you know? And like that became like a platform within YouTube for music videos. And even that's kind of dying out. Like I'm curious if, you know, Spotify is starting to do like, you know, video podcasts and stuff like that. Um, TikTok has like opened the door to like longer format videos and even like widescreen videos, you know? So I'm curious if as things progress, if like music videos will find their homes on Spotify or TikTok in the future. And uh, if they do, we got a backlog and we'll be ready. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause I think there's a way that you can get music videos onto Apple music, like where people could watch your music videos on Apple music. I have no idea how it's done. Somebody somehow got one of our music videos on Apple Music, which I need Whoa, to figure out okay. who, who did that. But yeah, you could you could go right to Apple Music, and if, if a band has like a featured music video, you can throw it up there, and people can just watch it on their phones. That's pretty cool. I think I might have saw that with like a um, some distribution service that we were looking at. I think it was like, is there a video for the song? Like, attach it. And I was like, that's so weird. I wonder if that's for. Maybe it's for that. Maybe that's what yeah, it's for. probably for. And, and Spotify would one hundred percent get on that, especially with like Canva or Canvas. Yeah. Like, you just put your music video on there. Honestly, like I feel like people might even prefer that. Like, I Canvas was cool like when it came out, but like I, I get to the point where I'm like, I kind of either just want to see what you're trying to show me, or, or just see, the, see what the artwork looks yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one hey, one tip someone told me, uh, or the, the mom rock guys told me yesterday is people have been using the Canvas. They'll replace the, whatever canvases they have just with their like show like tour flyer. Yes, like, what they're doing, and oh, I was like, "That's smart. pretty brilliant." Yeah, you listen to the song, and it's like, "Oh, they're coming to my my city right there." Yeah, speaking of Alan Day, Four Years Strong did that for um, their Enemy of the World's remastered tour. Like when okay. they re- when they redid it, they had all their tour flyers on every single song. Yeah, it's smart. It's I smart. Might, you gotta put it in front of people that. that are gonna see it. There you go, Justin. Pointers. Yeah. This just became the ad space for all bands. Now. <laughs> yeah, <it's just laughs> like our t-shirt designs and be like, no, on sale. <laughs> yeah, this, this is like music industry secrets podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm interested in that stuff, but I am. I'm not in a band, but it's still interesting. <laughs> it is, man. I mean, like I, I had to take a marketing class in, in college and uh I enjoyed it. I think it's fun. I think like design too is cool and like the mm-hmm. the like psychoscience of like like being appealing to a mass audience is like really interesting. 
Uh, but then you get, get into like the sales aspect of it, and then it's just like, oh, this is mind numbing, and kind of <laughs> like feels like I'm selling my soul to Satan. So never mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, just pronounce Shatan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect segue in the hockey. <laughs> is, is it so to give some backstory? We were talking before we started recording, and legit, Alex owns a Miroslav Satan jersey. Is it the orange one? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's like. One of the Blue Islanders okay. jerseys. Because he was also on the team when they had just like the straight up yeah, like orange the jersey. Orange, like, like the blue like decals. So, yeah. yeah. And it it was not like a fan favorite at the time, but it is one of the hardest Islander jerseys to get now <laughs> is that orange one. Yeah, I feel like a lot of jerseys and stuff like that, sometimes there's like an initial shock and then like 20 years later, people would be like, all right, we were a little bit bad over nothing. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, and it's kind of relevant right now with the Stadium Series jerseys that just came out and Islander fans are hot about it. And my wife and I were like, that's kind of a sick jersey. Like it looks kind of, you know, rugby style, kind of like a a rugby jersey, but it's Different, but also kind of just clean. Um, first jersey that legit embraces Isles, like the kind yeah, of the nickname. Like where, Isles, yeah, where that that's the first time it's made its way on a jersey or any like merch items, really. So it's kind of cool to see that. But um, yeah, Miroslav Satan, I remember him well. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's a funny reason I even have that jersey. It's like my like high school ex that I dated for a long time lived like about an hour from me. And so whenever I would go see her, I would stay there for like a day or two. And her neighbor was this really cool dude who was like into hockey. And so every now and then me and him would just talk about hockey and like, just hang out for a little bit. And like, he was moving out and he was like, never thought I'd say it, but I'm going to miss this random like high school girl neighbor that I had just because her boyfriend was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) So he gave me like, he gave me like this Islanders hat and that jersey. And so I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever been given That's by like my like girlfriend's neighbor who's yeah. moving away. And he was just like, here you go. Here you go. Like, and this is in Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> really made an uh, impact on his life. Yeah, you know? apparently. <laughs> but this is in Maryland? Yeah. Yeah, this was in Maryland, so like none, no part of it makes sense. Actually, I do. It makes even less sense because the hat he gave me wasn't also an Islanders hat; it was a Tampa Bay Lightning hat. Dude, look at that! Maybe, maybe he was just like foreshadowing that one day you would be on a podcast with an Islander fan and a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. (laughs) You could have just totally brown nosed, right? Like I just feel like and bolts hat. I feel like he either drove to like Philadelphia or drove to like DC and just like stole merch from teams yeah, like, in the back of the stadium. It was just yeah. like, all right, I got all this shit now. That's <laughs> because like I go to Caps games, but I'm not directly a Caps fan. It's just because it's like the closest like NHL hockey mm-hmm. here. So we'll go with friends and stuff. And I like the Caps. They're like my second favorite team because of like proximity. And like a lot of my friends like them, so it's easy to root for them. But I don't have any Caps gear or anything. 
So I think I've now officially decided that any Cavs game, I'm going in, in the Islanders jersey and the Bolts hat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just double blue, opposite of the red, neither team matching each other. You're just confusing the shit out of everyone there. Yep, that's the plan. <laughs> I like it. Now, I do want to comment. I think technically, like geographically, yes, DC would be closest. But with when you factor in traffic and things like that, I, I talked to an Islander fan who who lives in Richmond, and he said it actually is quicker to go to Raleigh than That's it is to go to Carolina. Might actually be, yeah, closest. closest. But most people in Richmond jump on the the Caps wagon rather than the Hurricanes yeah. wagon. That's because nobody likes the Hurricanes. Not even Raleigh. No, no, they're <laughs> awful. <laughs> the only thing the really Blackhawks like about the Hurricanes is sending all of our players there when they need more money. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you can head over there. It's fine. Now, Charlie, you're rocking a violent gentleman shirt, but you, right. you said you, your hockey days are kind of a little behind you. But were you a Caps fan when you were into hockey? Yeah. Growing up, I was just never really into sports, you know? Like, I'm a short dude. I'm not good at sports. Like, I play, like, you know, a little, like, uh, playground games and stuff like that. Uh, and we'd have fun. But I just – I never got into that, like, keeping up with a team or anything. And then uh, when I was 18, I moved in with one of my best friends, Jackson, and his dad. They were both big uh, hockey fans and Cavs fans. So I just, like, started watching the game with them. They would take me out to the games. And so – I like out of all the sports, like hockey is the one that like catches my attention, and I love going to hockey games. Like I think being there and being like next to the, or, like feeling like the cool of the ice, the electricity, like when people like score a goal, or, like even better get into a fight. You know, it's <laughs> like it's electric. You know, I just uh, something about me, I just can't keep up with it. You know, uh, I try to, I try to, but I end up just like getting distracted. I think it's just the ADHD in me. You know, I think it's hard too when you're in it for like the entertainment purposes, whereas like playing those kind of sports and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm like in it for like watching people break like records and just Fair, have crazy yeah. streaks of like points and just like seeing these crazy plays. And yeah. for you, it's just like, I don't know. I just like watching what's going yeah, on. I like Where it's like, I'm keeping up with the whole season just to see if like this team's good trade is going to turn out the yeah, way that we yeah, thought yeah. it would. If, like this is going to happen. So like, yeah, we went, we actually went and saw uh, the Caps play the blues um, like a, two weeks ago yeah. for uh, our cousin Paul's birthday. Um, it was sick. We had a great time. It was country music night randomly. They dressed up like uh, the country uh, Barbie and Ken, like for, like the like little entertainer people. Um, and then we we left early to get. Uh, we all like lived far from the stadium, so we couldn't stay out all night. So we left a little bit early to just get a drink and like chat for a while. And uh, right when we left, um, okay. and, yeah, Oshie scored a hat trick. <laughs> Damn! Like just missed it. Yeah, it's tough when you're not like so close to a market. You know, you're you're not really bought into the culture of the team. And yeah. I, I think, you know, for me, being so close growing up to where the Islanders played, it was like even when the team was bad, it was still like Long Island's team. And it just yeah. was like, yeah, that's our hockey team, but it's also like our professional sports team because the, the arena was literally in the middle of the suburbs where it felt like ours. And even if you weren't an Islander fan, you still went to events at the Nassau Coliseum. So like it was still like always a like a part of you. 
but you know, being two and a half hours away from the nearest team, like that could be tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's to hard. get like, really like bought in. Tickets. You're never going to have like, like you're only going to catch like a few games a year, every year. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I literally basically just catch one because the Blackhawks only play the caps twice a year, one there, one here. So I have like one game to see the Blackhawks play here. Unless I want to go all the way to Chicago or something. Which could be fun. Which could be fun. Could be fun. Make a tour out of it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That would be sick. I thought I was going to have an easy time, like getting out there and like seeing some cheap games and stuff. Because we were pretty terrible for the past like two years. And now we have Bedard. And I'm like, well, that changed. (laughs) He's he's hurt right now. So now's a great chance. The fans are probably selling their tickets real cheap right now. I'm hoping I have I bought my dad and I tickets to the Blackhawks Caps game this year and it's March like 9th I think something like that like week and a half into March-ish somewhere around there so hopefully he's back by then because otherwise it's going to be a pretty boring game on my end of things for, <laughs> for that one if he's not back I think it just makes me think like something bigger has happened because usually when a hockey player breaks their jaw, like they're, they'll just go out there with the fishbowl mask on and they're, they're out there like the next game. But yeah. he's out for six but he's plus like a, weeks. He's still like a child. Yeah. He's 18. Yeah. I think also if we had more to lose, then maybe they would rush him back out there. But like, we're not even trying to be good right now. Like we, <laughs> like, there's no point in putting that kid back out there to get him. Hurt yeah. Again. What are you gonna do? Put him, put him back in against Tom fucking Wilson. (laughs) That was one of the things to me about our game is Tom Wilson had the fishbowl on, but he was still like actively going around like trying to kind of fight people. I was like, dude, you have a plastic shield in front of your belly. No one's gonna throw. Like, no one's gonna be throwing. Well, that's what he wants. He doesn't want anyone to throw. Old habits, old habits. Yeah. I have strong yeah, feelings is. about him. Him, Corey Perry. Yeah. I actually got to my one of my neighbor, one of my bandmates in my high school band. His neighbor was the equipment manager for the Anaheim Ducks, and so every time the Ducks played the Caps, we would get like a like a box like seat up there, like chill out. We got to go to at least one of the tunnels every time and meet. One of the teams, you guaranteed the Ducks. Sometimes we could go to the Caps one, but yeah, there was like one time we went down there and we went into like one of these rooms early, and I think Corey Perry was waiting to do some sort of media thing just in one of these like side rooms. He was just playing FIFA, and <laughs> we just walked in and talked to him for a second. My friend Kevin told him that he was like talking to Corey Perry. He was like, "You're my favorite player." Corey Perry was like, "No way, man! Thanks." He's like, "You wanna you wanna play a game of FIFA?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so like we're at the Caps game, and he just gets to play a game of FIFA against Corey Perry, and then watch him go play the Caps. Yeah, but, I was like, yeah, and also you can play FIFA, but what's your mom's number? Yeah, <laughs> my mom. Yeah, I'd like to hit your mom up if she's around. Did they beat him in FIFA. Yeah, Kevin beat him. Hell yeah, let's go, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, because Corey Perry was sitting there texting his mom the whole time. Those are rumors. Those are rumors. That wasn't true. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly texting moms. (laughs) Our our same friend Grant that we were just talking about being in the music videos, he's a Stars fan because his family's from Texas. And he he and I went to high school together, so he came along to a lot of those games. 
And one of the games, he did exactly what I was talking about earlier. He wore a Stars jersey <laughs> to an Anaheim Ducks and Caps game. And it was one of the ones where he got to meet both of the teams. <laughs> and they were handing out Caps posters in the beginning. So Grant takes his Caps poster, flips it around, and then has like the Ducks players signing the back. So you have a kid in a Stars jersey having the Ducks sign the back of a Capitals poster. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sitting there, just like they are never gonna let us do this thing again. We're <laughs> this is never happening again. We have soiled it. <laughs> we we beat Barry in FIFA right before he's about to play. We have this idiot in a Stars jersey. <laughs> These guys just signed this poster. Yeah. Like, well, it was fun while it lasted. Probably a good distraction. You brought the vibe. You brought a weird vibe to the locker room, you know. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ovi won the game on a like a crazy slap shot in overtime. Just like. Coming into the zone, I think he was on his own and just <laughs> took a crazy slap shot anyway and scored. And then Doug, the equipment manager for the Ducks, came out with that stick signed and gave it to his daughter. Nice. And I was like, Sweet. man, I got to hang out with Doug more often. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to get close to this guy. I need some, need some sweat. And if I'm not mistaken, Richmond doesn't have like any minor league hockey team, right? No, there used to be one, the Richmond Renegades, but that was like, a while, a while back. I think, like, pretty decent time before either of us moved to the city. I think Norfolk's, like, the closest one for you guys now, right? Yeah, the Admirals. That's still pretty... Norfolk is, like, two hours away from us still. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Richmond needs a team, then. Do you you guys have any... You don't have any professional sports team, right? We have... I don't know. I think they might be triple A, triple A baseball, the flying squirrels. But I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. We have the Richmond kickers. I don't know what like division they are in terms of like soccer stuff. Cause I don't really follow that too, too much, but I think those are the only like professional like sports that we have here. But Richmond would be a perfect market for a hockey team. Like I feel like music, like, like rock music scene and hockey go hand in hand so well. And that's what like Richmond really has a, a good thing of, like, I feel like that mixed with the fact that Richmond's not the craziest tour tourist, like destination, like giving yeah. people reason to come into the city, giving the people in the city, something to do with their weekends. Other than just like go to the same like bars yeah. and stuff and shows <laughs> and everything would be like, I feel like they would make a killing. Yeah, we're a big drinking town, so I feel like you give us drinking and then something to watch. Come on. Yeah, there's. I can't believe how many breweries there are just like in the Canal District. Yeah, mind-blowing. We have a spot called Scott's Edition, which is nicknamed Brewery District because there's so many. It's like it's like there's more breweries than bars in that like neighborhood. It's crazy. It used to be like a big like warehouse like industrial district. And so it just kind of made perfect sense to start putting a lot of local breweries there because they have the space and like the huge areas they need for the back end of like the brewing side of things. Mm-hmm. And it's a really walkable, like cool neighborhood to have the front end of brewery stuff, like patios, <laughs> things like that. So yeah. it just kind of got taken over like all at once. Now there's like like two massive sections of breweries and then just a city in between them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you got that. that? The, the Edgar Allan Poe house, just somewhere yeah. sandwiched in the middle, and that's about it. Yeah. Just when to get drunk and then go get uh, head to the Poe Museum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the place we stayed in that one night? The... There's some, like, um, colonial hotel thing, but I think, like, the 
it's like famous because Edgar Allan Poe's mom died oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Or something like that. And we had someone for a friend of ours for her birthday, like got a room there. And then like we all just showed up and hung out there and like had a, a hotel room. party and yeah, <laughs> <in> a historic <laughs> hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we we definitely got a noise complaint. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> At least one. Touche. Well, no. yeah, like you said, you know, Richmond's rich music scene would be just like perfect for a hockey team. Like the yeah. amount of hipsters that would come out and go to the hockey games would be just like all, all of a sudden top in attendance for like the AHL or ECHL, whatever league they would be in. But, uh, I guess before we let you guys go tonight, um, I know you're originally Maryland, but we'd love to give you a chance to maybe shine some light on maybe a Richmond band that's not necessarily a household name that you would like to give a little shout out to. Ooh, Ooh we got a bunch of friends. Um, who, who's getting in? Tightrope? Yeah, I was gonna say my that two that come to mind right away is band Tightrope that I really like. Good friend Aiden plays in that band. Always really cool guys. Always mm-hmm. fun to be around. Or uh, we have a band that we've gotten pretty close to over the past few years. Uh, Nancy Rega, mm-hmm. always hustling like just incredible musicians and always throw like the best shows. They have like kind of our similar attitude towards shows where. They don't just want to book them because they want to play. They want every show to kind of have its own little twist or its own like thing about it. So every show that they play really feels like its own yeah. thing that gets its own attention. I feel like that's we we try to have a similar mindset. So I've really enjoyed. Yeah, they're cool they're working like, along with them. Very like rock centric and kind of like psych rock a little bit. Yeah. Um, real cool dudes. Really love them. Okay, I, I thought you guys were going to mention like Guar. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Like, real small band. Yeah, like, really they kind of got this bit that they do. I don't know. <laughs> you should go out to the bar. Here we go. And pretend like you guys are, like, Guar members, like, demasked. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I'm in Guar. You How would they ever 100% know? 100% do that. Nobody would know. You'd be like, yeah. my name is Biggerous Dickerous. And you're like, oh, there you go. It's like... We'll just go to the Guar Bar and start like slowly stealing like props. Yeah, yeah. just create your own character. <laughs> <laughs> they um, they they played a uh, fest this past year, and my favorite thing was the Gainesville like like local newspaper like took a picture, and they were like, "Oh, Fest twenty one this year like took over Bo Diddley Plaza at Gainesville." Blah 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 blah, and this guy is just covered in just fake blood. And he has a white shirt on. So someone goes, oh, is that like, a, is that kind of like a, a Diwali festival? Like the festival of colors for Hindus? And, uh, and some guy comments like, kind of, if there's like space aliens and like jizz involved. That's what they believe in. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, one of the years we did Warp Tour, I think it was the year, I think it was 2017, the year we had like all the guys, um, Gore was on it. And uh, it was it was sick viewing from afar, but being like, I got, I can't, I don't have access to a shower. Like, please do not. No, get- please don't get all that shit on me. <laughs> we actually had a pretty decent like rapport with them because they had a lot of their food sent to them. Mm-hmm. 
because of like all their crazy costume stuff, it took a long time to get on and off every day. I kind of missed a lot of catering. And so we would like box up stuff to send over with them. And they would just send their little rep Carly over to us. The that we, that we called Guarly. Yeah. <laughs> we would send them their stuff on their way. And they actually, they found out that we were the ones doing it. And we were also from Richmond. They gave us like a little shout out that summer. Aww, that's awesome. That's yeah. Neat. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I want to say Harry met them too. And I think there was a, there was a minute where we were planning for a video where we were going to go film it, where their drummer practices and we were going to try to do like a cameo. We should actually reinvestigate. We should reunite that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another epic music video. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, boys, this has been a blast. Um, you know, you got the the two singles coming out, so everyone make sure you go and pre-save it or whatever you need to do to get more ears and eyes onto the video and to the single mm-hmm. also um can we expect any kind of weekenders or any tours coming up in the the spring so right now we're just taking time to write and record we're actually so we got these two songs coming out the first one's coming out february 12th uh we got another one coming out March-ish, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, this weekend, we're hitting the studio. Our friend Pedro uh, plays in a bunch of bands from here in Richmond, Shot Clock, uh, he's in Amberetta. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to go and track another song. And I think after that, we're pretty much just going to keep booking studio time here and there as we continue to, like, write these songs. So focusing right now on getting new music out to people, I think it's been a while since a record came out, and I think we're all ready or uh, what Flight Club is going to sound like next. Um, and then, yeah, maybe closer to uh, summer, summer, fall area, fall, yeah. start popping up here and there. You know, I'm sure Justin will probably be in touch with you guys, try to try to set something fun up. Someone someone in the in the, the live was literally like, I need both you guys to come out to the Midwest. And I was like, we've known Flight Club for so long, and we've done two shows with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Midwest run. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. Yeah. And then we're all going to go to a Blackhawks game. (laughs) There you go. Plan it right now. All part of the plan. (laughs) Now, if I'm not mistaken, I I believe Pedro might have done the latest Sleeve EP, if I'm not mistaken. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm not sure. I did have something to do with it. We talked to somebody from Richmond who recorded with Pedro. So I was like, I'm like, I, I don't know if it was Sleeve I, or. I, yeah, I think it's Sleeve. It might have been Sleeve. Yeah, dude, I was just listening to that EP the other day, actually, man. This is rock. We ran into him uh, where Alex and Sam have been bartending. Uh, we just ran into them like on a night out and uh, we're catching up. Great dudes. Absolute rockers. Their mm-hmm. live show is sick. Dude, the first time I ever saw them, they were still a three piece. And as we talked about, man, a three piece that's like just all rocking is mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. That 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 is kind of who I was thinking of in the background. It was like, man, sleeve is a three piece was freaking sick. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're killer. They just recently did. There was this. Um, uh, we have a magazine called RVA Mag, and they did this like. Uh, they do this best of Richmond series where they highlight a bunch of local businesses, but then they do like a whole music section Mm -hmm. where they do like both like legends and like 
smaller local bands like anybody that was like suggested to them will go into this big poll and uh, they were rocking it in the punk category it was it was awesome to see their name awesome. up there and they're they're hanging in there it was sick oh yeah i guess you gotta give a quick shout out to conditions one of my favorite richmond bands of all time mm-hmm. yeah dude isn't that dude uh the guitar player doesn't he play with like sleeping with sirens now or something like that no jelly roll he's with oh yeah jelly roll nice. That's crazy. With man. with one of the dudes from Sleeping with yes, Fire, it's Jack Bowler. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that is all wild. <laughs> I just saw Jelly Roll at the Royal Rumble this past weekend. Where at? At the Royal Rumble. Nice. Jelly Roll was just hanging out there. <laughs> oh, he wasn't playing. He was just chilling. No, he was just hanging out. They they always like he came out. He came out for like the pre the pre Rumble thing now that they do like. I guess they were trying to bring him out like Shannon Sharp or something. And yeah, uh, yeah he was just like, he was just hanging out, talking about who he thinks is going to win the Rumble and uh, <laughs> and CM Punk lost. So, oh, tie it into the Blackhawks one more time. I know. Yeah. Tied to the Blackhawks <laughs> one more time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. You kind of got the CM Punk vibe. Like, you, you could pull it off. Next Halloween, I guess. Next Halloween. Man. <laughs> you just got to get underwear, boots, and a Chicago flag. You got it. There you go. And a giant Pepsi, shitty Pepsi tattoo. <laughs> Actually, I already have. <laughs> well, boys, thanks again for, for hanging with us. And we're super excited to, to hear this these new songs and, you know, hopefully catch you in the, you know, summer, maybe fall or the Midwest without a time because yeah, that's happening yeah. now. <laughs> This has been a pleasure, man. I thought we could do this for hours. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Well, we'll keep in touch, boys, and thanks again.